If you have your Bibles, I want you to look at the 160th verse of Psalm 119. Psalm 119 seems like the psalm that never ends. If you're reading through the scriptures and you come to Psalm 119, it's divided for you so you can help, uh, help you understand the thought pattern of the person who wrote it. But verse number 160 of Psalm 119 says, Thy word is true from the beginning. Let me just stop right there, kind of just explain. Don't you like it when people tell the truth? You remember the mood rings? Remember those? Don't you wish we all wore a ring, and if we were telling the truth, it, it would stay like maybe a bronze color or gold color? But if we were not telling the truth, it would signal red or something? You know, I, I think it would be interesting as if we were able to monitor externally if we were telling the truth, or if we're living the truth. Uh, but we can't. The truth is something that we absorb, and truth is what we internalize. The Lord Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and so we internalize him. We have internalized the truth. We have the truth living within us if we have been partakers of the Holy Spirit. And so we can tell the truth. Sometimes it wouldn't be interesting as if you had like a dart gun and you knew someone was telling you a half-truth. You could just shoot him with that little red dart gun. It's like a paintball, you know, and then like... If a person walks into the place and they're full of red paintballs, you know, you know that's the person trying to tell you the truth. But I think that really the truth is something that we long for. And in a culture that we live in today, sometimes you've you got to dig a little further to find the truth. You, you, sometimes there are people that are going to deny the truth. And so they will live that way. And so when they are faced with the truth, they don't know how to handle it. And so, really, it's important for us to be able to, as Christians, live truthfully, live honestly. I've told you before, I remember growing up in McFarland, and it was like Mayberry back then, 1960, uh, late 60s, and I remember going and taking little walks, and sometimes I would sneak out of the house, not necessarily sneak, but I'd go out of the house and step on a few bees in the backyard on the, on the, di- the dandelions, and go on a little further and down through the houses and down to the Larry's uh, pharmacy, and I would look at the comic books, and I would talk to Larry. He'd come in and so on. And when I got home, I would say to my mom sometimes, I'd say, Mom, I talked to Larry today. I said hi to him today, and she would laugh at me. Uh, she thought I was not, even today, she's probably watching right now cracking up because she thinks I was not telling the truth. Mom, I was telling you the truth. Find Larry and talk to him. I saw him and was able to talk with him somewhat back in the day. But I think it's interesting when we're thinking about the truth because we're looking at the news today. And I, I thought about, you know, it's, it's Valentine's Day. You should be talking about love and all that sappiness that comes out of all of that. But I thought maybe it's best for me to talk to you about the truth. Because I think if I was to take you to Second John, you would see that he dealt with this, that there is going to be love and there's going to be truth. And we know that love is greater, but we know that truth is absolutely essential. And sometimes if I tell you the truth, it's going to look like I don't love you. It's just the way it is. You know, I'd rather tell you the truth than for you to make you feel something that not, is not necessarily right. And so when we're talking about the truth from the scriptures, we need to 
look at it and remember that the Bible is true. The Bible says that thy word is truth. Um, I think it's important for us to know that God is true and his word is true. And so if we present ourselves as something that we're not, then we're not really being truthful. I think if we're reading materials that are not really true, what is, what is the waste of time? You know, I mean, why would we waste our time with something that is not necessarily true? It might be partially true. Maybe you're sitting here now saying, what's pastor talking about? I have one shot here on this day to tell you the truth. And the truth is that sometimes you have been fed a lie or a half-truth, and we believe it. And so we live our lives in that particular understanding of we were told that this was the truth when it wasn't. We need to be careful. They would seek the Lord. And we'd ask him, Lord, help me to not only know the truth, but live in the truth. That I can encourage others to do the same thing. It's not a problem that they've had in the... It's not, it's not some issue that we have a problem that they've never had it in the past. No, they had times in the past when there was a problem with truth getting out that would hurt the people. Uh, or lies getting out that would hurt the people rather than the truth. Let me just explain. Through an article I wrote, it says, In the early 1900s, George Riddle acquired an, a, the, the sensational London newspaper, the news of the world meeting British journalist Frederick Greenwood one day. Riddle mentioned that he owned a newspaper, told Greenwood its name, and offered to send him a copy. The next day they met. Riddle asked Greenwood, what did you think of the news? He said, I looked at it, and I put it in the waste can. And then said, said Greenwood, and then I, I thought, well, if I leave it there, the cook may dig it out of the, news, out of the trash can and read it, so I burned it. So there has been a breakdown of truth, I really believe, in this generation, There's been a twisting of what is actually happening at times. And there has been a belief by those that really are part of the intellectual crowd that are entering into some lie that may appease them, that may appease their agenda, might be able to appease them uh, in their lifestyle, may generate finances for them. And if you think I'm walking on thin ice this morning, then let me walk there and you don't have to. But our culture is a culture of lies today. And people are being fed these lies, and then they are demanded that they live by these lies. Just getting us all ready for the world without God. Or try to do it. It can't exist. And so when we regard, when the regard for truth has been broken down, or even slightly weakened, all other things remain doubtful. Once the devil was walking along with one of his cohorts, I don't know what her name was, but they saw a man ahead of them and picked up something shiny. What did he find? Asked the cohort. He found a piece of truth, the devil replied. Doesn't it bother you that he found a piece of the truth? Asked the cohort. Cohort? No said the devil. I will see it that he makes a religion out of it. I will make sure that he takes just part of the truth and give it to the culture. And so as we face issues in our day, 
there is still one thing that will help guide us away from the lie, and that is the truth of the Scriptures. We that have been born again know that Jesus Christ is the truth. So Jesus is synonymous synonymous with truth, and so the word of God is true, and the word then was made flesh and dwelt among us. Truth was walking on the earth at one time. People were able to sit down with the truth and listen to what he had to say. It is recorded for us this morning in our Bibles what Jesus Christ wanted us to know and really what the God of heaven wanted us to know. There was a time when the prophets would explain what God wanted and they experienced these wonderful times with God and then they would write it down and then they would say that God said and the Lord said. But Jesus Christ in these latter days has, have, has come and God was able to communicate with mankind the words of Jesus Christ. You have them in red. And this country has been known for producing those words, and so other countries could have the Bible in front of them also. And so when we're talking about the words of red, we're talking about the truth. Maybe you have a Bible like that. Maybe you enjoy reading just those words that are in red. There are songs written about the words that are in red. But it's important for us to know that those words are truth. And so having that understanding, it'll help us know that in John 17, just a few verses, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ was praying. And in his prayer in John chapter 17 was really his prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, is really the Lord's prayer. We call it that, but it's really a model prayer to be able to cover all of those things and how we ought to present ourselves to God and remember that he is holy and remember that we ought to ask him to help us day by day to forgive one another and remember that it's also said that we're supposed to ask him to help help lead us not into temptation. So all of that is wrapped up in a model prayer, but this really is the Lord's prayer, John 17. And he mentions in verse 14, I have given them thy word. And the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So let me talk about the word truth for just a moment because I think the greatest thing we can do to be able to stay steadfast in 2021 is to seek the truth, to live in the truth, to abide by the truth, and to remember that the truth always wins. And can I tell you something too? That the truth will always surface. The truth came out of the grave 2,000 years ago. Truth arose, and truth will always rise. You will be revealed if you're not telling the truth. Your sin will find you out. Those are pretty interesting words, but it helps us understand that the truth is absolutely essential to be able to stay steadfast in 2021. Tell me the truth. 
Webster's Dictionary, 1828, the word truth, it says this, conformity to fact or reality, exact accordance with that which is or has been or shall be. The truth of history constitutes its whole value. So we rely on the truth of the scriptural prophecies, true state of facts or things. That's what's written in 1828 when they were trying to help us understand the English language when it's talking about what is truth. It is conformity to fact or reality. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 8, verse number 7, my mouth shall speak truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Again, we read it in John chapter 17, verse number 17. Proverbs chapter 12, verse number 9, the Bible says, The lip of truth shall be established forever by a lying tongue. But a lying tongue is but for a moment. You see, lies never last too long. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 160, that thy word is true from the beginning. And every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Wow, what a blessing to think about the truth is sitting right in your lap. We read stories and we read articles and we hear and we watch news. We spend so much time absorbing half-truths and why not be involved with the truth a little more? The truth is permanent, but lies are always temporary. We've got to come up with another lie. Oh, what web we weave when we try to deceive. Truth will always be consistent. Lies eventually will contradict. I remember David Olivas, Tony Olivas, the city of Madison knows him as, would always talk to me and was my deacon chairman for the first 15 years of this ministry. As me as your pastor, I remember there was a few years in the beginning when Jerry Root, I believe, was the deacon chairman, but David was with me from the very beginning, and all along the way, he would say, at work today, I had to actually question a man. And he was really good at it, and he would get statements from the individual, and then pretty soon, the statements contradict. And you could find out that he was not telling the truth. Truth is consistent. It's invincible. Truth is enduring. And the fact belongs not only to divine truth admonitions, but also to human, the humans in it and its effect. I think that if a person is going to talk, tell a lie over and over and over again, they're going to deceive not only those around them, but pretty soon they're going to deceive themselves. And pretty soon they're going to start believing their own lie. And then they're going to wonder really what really is reality. And sometimes a person can lie so much that they think they can even lie to God. But be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. It's important for us to remember that truth is consistent. It's invincible and it is enduring. Psalm, one nine, Psalm 117, verse number two, for his, mercies, his merciful kindness is great toward us and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Matthew 24, verse number 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away because 
God's word endures. It is invincible. Men may change the meanings of the words at times, but God's word still lasts and is still before us today. Isaiah 45, verse number 23 says, I have sworn by myself, the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return that unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. The Bible tells us that, that God said that every knee shall bow at his word. Second Peter chapter two, wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. So as we look at this text, I hope, I, hope, I hope we would look at it a little bit different because we would circle the word true in the text. And as we look at our text this morning, I think there's more involved here in these verses than just verse number 160, but I want to read to you some of my favorite verses in the Bible. Look at it, 161. It says, Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of thy word. So when you feel like everybody else is against you, remember that the only thing that will strengthen you and lift you up will be the word of God. In verse number 162, it says, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth the great spoil. And so is the, is the word of God valuable to you? Do you look at the word as something special? Do you look at God's word as something that you can hold on to and strengthen you? Do, do, you, do you long for his word more than you long for food? Now, we're Americans. We're consumed with cleanliness and we're consumed with food. But we should be consumed with this because this will endure. He says in verse number 163, I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. And here's probably my favorite, one of my favorite verses. You can probably quote it with me. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Yeah, great peace, not just peace, is going to be a character trait of somebody who loves the scriptures. Have you ever met somebody and they get offended over every little thing? Yeah. Sometimes we get offended. We get our feelings hurt. Boy, we think, man, nothing can offend me. But then all of a sudden, something happens. We start to get hurt a little bit on the inside, and then pretty soon we respond differently until we go back to the Scriptures and remember that great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Give it to the Lord. Verse 166, Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee. I want to just give you a few things to think about when it comes to verse number 130. The first thing I want you to write down if you're taking notes is that the faithfulness of God's word, the faithfulness of God's word, Matthew Henry said this according for, for this particular verse. He said this, It has always been found faithful hitherto that never, that, and, and never failed any that ventured upon it. The scriptures are true, and they are true from the beginning. Ever since God began to reveal himself to the children of men, 
all he said was true and to be trusted. The church from its beginning was built upon this rock. It has not gained its validity by lapse of time, as many governments whose best plea is prescription and long usage. That which at first wanted validity in the progress of time acquired it. But the beginning of God's word was true. So some read it. His government was laid on a sure foundation, and all in every age that have received God's word in faith and love have found every saying in its faith in it faithful and well worthy of all acceptation. Interestingly, he's talking about the word of God as being faithful through the ages. And it is faithful, I really believe, number one, if you look at the verse, be, thy word is true. And so first of all, if we were to take the first two words, thy word, and remember that we're dealing with the origin of the word of God is God. And so the origin then is what we look to, thy word. This is God's word. He claims it. This confirms inspiration, both verbal and plenary meaning that God has sent the word down from heaven, reveal it to angels, of course, holy men of, and of old through the Holy Spirit has given us the Holy Bible. And so we understand that it is verbally given to us, but also in the area of, area of plenary inspiration, which means it is inspired from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And those that doubt his word will live a life that is doubtful. I think it's interesting as we think about the word of God because thy word means from above and all of it. We do not pick and choose only parts that are not offensive or perhaps non-confrontational. We must preach the whole counsel of God. And sometimes people look at us and say, well, you're hateful. Would you think that I hate you because I tell you the truth? Did you know that did you know that the Bible actually tells us that when you get married, you're supposed to get married to somebody of the opposite sex? Yes. Now, people say, well, you're being hateful. No, I'm telling you the truth. Yes. If I was being hateful, I would give you a lie. Yes. So who's lying here and who's being hateful? If I told you that the beginning of a child... Is that conception? Amen. And to take the life of that baby would be murder? Yes. But she would say to me, you can't be so hateful. Oh, you've twisted it all. Yes. And you're taking the truth and you're throwing it at me and saying, I don't want the truth. But God said, but God said, isn't it interesting that sometimes people don't want to know what God said? You see, people get mad at me. They're not mad at me. They're mad at God. And by the way, you find a person that's full of bitterness, you dig deep enough and you'll find that their relationship with God has been flawed. And they're not really mad at you. They're mad at God. But they want to find somebody with skin on to be mad at. And so sometimes you go into society and you tell them the truth and you say, well, God said, 
you know what? I'm supposed to be an amplifier of God, not an amplifier of some intellectual person who has all kinds of degrees at some university that's told me a lie because they've been fed a lie their whole life. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Oh, let me talk to that person who perhaps thinks a relationship with the same sex is good for just a moment. If I could tell you that God loves you more than you'd ever know, and a pastor who truly loves you will tell you the truth, that if you alienate yourself from the way that God made you, you're alienating yourself from him. Say, but I don't want God telling me what to do. You got a problem. God knows your problem, but he loves you still. He wants to be helpful to you if you would just accept the truth and not believe a lie. You know what I think the greatest child abuse is? The public school system in our day. To take a little child in their arms and say that they love them and then they tell them that they can live the way they want to. That's not being truthful. You say, well, it's Valentine's Day, Pastor. Shouldn't you talk about something else? No. no, I'm doing the ultimate love for you. And that's telling you the truth that God said versus what man has told you. And so this origin, thy word, thy word is true. The psalmist is acknowledging where it came from, that God is the origin of his word. Also, it's certainty, because it says it is true. And I don't know if he's writing this down because of experience or not, but I believe it is. Have you tried the word of God? Because it's true every single time. There are no mistakes in the Bible. Well, they they may tell you, well, that was written for a different time. No, it was written for 2021. You say, well, I I can't accept what it says in there. Then you know what? You're on your own. You say, you want to live your life? Well, you're on your own, and you make your outcome, and all you live your life, and you might live to be 100 years old. And if you're living your own way, you're living your own thinking, without God. The Bible is very clear that if we do not see counsel, that God's people will fall away and rot. But if we look at this word and the counsel of his word, it'll help us. Thy word is true. It's origin. It's certainty. This speaks of its sure foundation. And the word of God can be trusted because it does not rest upon an uneducated guess or even an educated guess. You ever talk to someone and say, well, I think that's the way it happened. And I was reading that the historical account was this way, when God's word is in contradiction to it, then you need to believe the word of God. Or speculations. Can you believe that there are people living their lives and speculating on things? We ought to be able to rest upon the infallible, immutable declaration of the God of heaven. And we can. And I want to live my life that way. Now listen to me, I'm not a very smart individual. I had a little paper out here in town when I was 11 years old. 
but I've always known how to work. And I hope that I've conveyed that to my children, that they would work and be responsible. And that they would actually live their life humbly before God. That they would be real, honest, and humble men in this world. But I must go back and tell you that there's one thing that I do, that I do, and there's one thing that I, that I must do, and that's rely upon the word of God. Well, the Bible says, well, the Bible says, well, the Bible says, what God said, that comes out of my mouth. Because, you know, if Dean's going to rest upon his personality or upon his abilities, it's all in vain. But I rest upon the word of God. Isaiah 46.10 says, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. I think of Psalm 22, not the first part of it, but beginning in verse number 17, it says, I'm sorry, Proverbs 22, the latter part of it, bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise and apply thine heart unto my knowledge, for it is a pleasant thing if thou keep them within thee. They shall with all be fitted in thy lips, that thy trust may be in the Lord. And I have made known to thee this day, even to thee. I have, have, have not I written to thee excellent things in counsels and knowledge, that I might make thee Know the certainty of the words of truth. What a beautiful passage of Scripture. Proverbs chapter 22. Then he gives us the purpose, not only that we would know the words of truth, but he says also that thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto you. What do you think about the subject? Don't you wish more people would ask you that? I do. I'm constantly giving advice, but nobody asks me. My wife reminds me of that. You don't have to always give people your advice. I'm thinking, really? I thought that's why I existed. But I think one thing that needs to be done when you do give advice to somebody, make sure it's based upon the word of God. And make sure it is certain. Remember Luke chapter 1 in the first four verses where it talks about, for as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are surely believed among us. And so this account perhaps was written down by the historians, but Luke says, but me, from the very first or from the beginning, God has given me these things that I write them in order to you that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. You see, we don't have to go through our life just guessing. And by the way, no matter how much they throw at you, keep speaking the truth. Keep referring to the word of God. Keep going back. Show them that you love them. Tell them the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes when they feel like nobody cares and then you feel like you're bashing them by telling the truth, put your arms around them and tell them you certainly are telling them the truth because you love them. I'm doing a paper on the First Amendment and how it is the attack on the First Amendment is actually... Um, 
hurting the church. Because no matter how a culture goes, no matter how much we try to seal up everything and keep it out of the church, it just seeps right in sooner or later if we're not careful. We have to be careful because what's happening in our culture today is they're changing the words. They may not prohibit the speech, but they'll change the words of the speech. So it is being affected. They're changing the definitions of things. One of those would be the word fight. Have you heard that recently? Well, did Paul say, I fought a good fight? Did he pick up a sword? The sword of the Spirit. The Scriptures. And so we have to be careful when we understand that the, the infringement, if you would, upon the First Amendment is, is basically, I, I understand, if they can't prohibit us, they're going to try to change the speech so that it's actually hate speech when it really is truthful speech. It's happening in our culture today. Are you up for the challenge? But it says also in the scriptures, 160, verse 9, but thy word is true from the beginning. And so we're talking about the duration from the beginning. From the beginning, that is, every word from Genesis, called so by the Jews from its first words in the beginning, the Genesis, to the end of the scriptures is true. Translated more literally, the sum of thy words is true. The sense is substantially the same. The whole body of revelation is truth. Thy word is nothing but truth from the beginning. Since thou first promised from the beginning, even to the end, all thy sayings are true. Psalm 138, verse number number two says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Pretty powerful that the word is true. Number two, not only the faithfulness of the word of God, but number two, the fortress of God's word. Verse number 161 reads this way, Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of thy word. We're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and his stand. We must stand for him. Princes have persecuted me without a cause. You can imagine the Lord Jesus Christ saying that. One of the commentators from this particular verse said this, Every gracious soul stands in awe of the word of God. Of the authority of its precepts, the terror of its threatenings, and to those that do do so, nothing appears in the power and wrath of man at all formable. We ought to obey God rather than man and to make sure that God's favor, God's grace, though we throw ourselves under the frowns of, of the world, the heart that stands in the awe of God's word is armed against the temptations that rise out of persecution. In other words, it is going to be the word of God that will help you to continue to be steadfast in 2021. We have an internal fortitude that gives strength when persecuted and afflicted. I was quoting Psalm 8 to the men this morning in my class, and sometimes as I'm laying there ready to go to sleep, At night, I will quote scripture. It helps me. 
especially the part where it says you give your beloved sleep. So I remind God of his word sometimes, and so I begin to quote the scriptures, and I remember that when my spirit is being afflicted and when the persecution comes, and the difficulties around me are there, I must go back to the word of God. I remember sitting down in a garage with Simone Relevich, a man from Pech, former Yugoslavia, and sitting in his garage, it was opened up that day because it was church time. And why is it in your garage? Because he must, at that particular time, worship the Lord without people seeing him. It was an honor to be able to come together with the Christians. And as I sat down and talked to him next to a translator, he was able to take the Croatian language and, 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 and translate a lot of the materials from John R. Rice and was able to do all of these things. But I remember sitting down with him and just face-to-face talking to him about things. And you know what he told me? That he was being persecuted so much that he actually went through the hills and the mountains that led to Spain just so he could have the freedom. But they captured him, and they put him in prison, and he thought he would die there. It never fed him right. You see, the prisons in other countries aren't like the prisons in America where they have TV and coffee. It's different. I was in Turkey as a Marine on shore patrol. I told the guys, look, if I have to have them arrest you, you won't like it. It will not be like it is in America. He told me that he was sitting in his cell. He got so thin and so skinny that he could actually reach up to his teeth and pull them, turn them right out, pull them out. He lost all of his teeth while he was in prison because your body begins to eat itself if you don't eat. I don't know if you knew that or not. Kind of gruesome. But he said, I praise God because I had a little green Gideon New Testament. And as I was reading about Jesus Christ... He met with me in the cell and told me I was going to be all right. You see, that's what happens when we're in rock bottom. We may be persecuted or afflicted. We may be going through internal issues that are going on. And through all of that, we can be strengthened through the word of God because it is true. And maybe we have believed that which is false and we've lived the wrong way, but we can always make it okay by turning to Christ. We can always confess our sin and then he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I need to move quickly. But it's interesting as we're thinking about this because it helps us understand a little bit more of the faithfulness of the word of God in the fortress of the word of God. And we have intentional reverence and respect for God's commands. You ever... Have respect for people when they walk in. You think, boy, praise the Lord. You let them talk because you have this, you have this awe about, for them. I think that's the same thing we need to have for the scriptures. Somebody brings the Bible out, we ought to be quiet. And listen to the word of God. We ought to absorb it. Have reverence toward it. They that tremble at the convictions of the word of God may triumph in the consolations of it. Matthew Henry said that years ago. And then lastly, the fruit of God's word. And these are the byproducts of walking in the truth. I think the first thing of walking in the truth is in verse number 162, I rejoice in thy word. <laughs> 
You ever get to the place where you're reading the scriptures and you say, thank you, Lord. That's exactly what I needed today. Well, he knew that. He was waiting for you to turn to that particular passage so he could tell you and remind you that he is there. And when we have this understanding of God's goodness and when we're looking to the scriptures and we have that certainty that this is what I'm basing everything upon, then real joy comes. Not just happiness, an internal joy that we can rest upon the sovereignty of God and his word. 162, I rejoice at thy word is one that findeth a great spoil, somebody who finds something really awesome. You ever have a metal detector? How many have ever had a metal detector? Raise your hand. I love those. Never had one. But sometimes they find something really, this coin is really worth a lot. You ever see someone that does that kind of stuff? This book is really worth a lot. And then 163, love. It's a deep-rooted desire for God, a deep hatred towards sin, a deep-rooted affection for the Word of God in verse 163. In verse 164, directly, and the word seven really is off the number of completion, that's to continually Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. And then verse number 165, peace. And so you have love and you have joy and you have this praise and you have this peace that comes from the scriptures. Great peace. To enjoy a peace which sets us above the power of evil, which places us out of reach of fortune, which inspires us with courage and amidst the danger which opens our eyes to look through the gloomiest scene of sorrow to the blessed hope of the future and the future glory. I was thinking this morning as I was singing a song along with West Coast Baptist College on the way here this morning, they were talking about going from grace to glory. That's the dispensations back there. We're the dispensation of grace, but the next dispensation is the dispensation of glory. And what a day that will be when we see him face to face. And so that nothing can terrify or dismay us if we're in the scriptures. It's that which the world can never give us and that which can only proceed from the blessed spirit of God and the author of the scriptures, whose province it is to confirm the faithful to the end, so to arm their faith that nothing can offend them. This is the peace of which the psalmist here speaks, and which is the peculiar lot, Matthew Henry says, an inheritance of the righteous, of him who loveth the law of God, the word of God, the truth of God. Peace of a clear conscience, joy of the Holy Spirit, love of God's word and for God's people comes when we trust the scriptures over what we're hearing in the world today. Are you tired of the lies? You have the truth before you, and the truth awaits. Come, pick up the truth, and then live it. Every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment this morning. How are you doing in the area of truth? 
Oh, I'm not talking about non-essentials. What is essential is that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. That you believe that Jesus Christ is the truth. His word is true. The Bible says in Romans, let God be true and every man a liar. Don't you see that today? God is true among all the liars. But there are people that are being honest and living honestly. Maybe that's you. And praise the Lord. But maybe you're struggling this morning to live the truth and to surrender to the truth. It's simply just bow your head and say, Lord, I agree with you. I believe your word over my own affection and my own feeling. The scriptures say that our hearts can even condemn us if we're not careful. That God is greater than our hearts. His spirit is true. His word is true. And maybe this morning you need to take care of a few things up here. If you want to, you can. The altar will be open for you this morning. With every head bowed and every eye closed, would you please stand? No one looking around this morning. Let's have an invitation. If you need to come, you come. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide and direct in Jesus' name. Amen.